0: And it is not Tuesday-vis, it's not tuesday its wednesday Davis today We, uh, personal issue yesterday morning that I had to take care of And uh, we, had to, we had to push recording back a day But Aaron Davis, it's Wednesday, what's up man? Hey, any, any day that it's a Davis day,
1: it's a win, just like today, it's a wednesday Davis.
0: wednesday Davis, yeah, so we had just gotten people used to tuesday Davis, but yeah. I mean, either way, Things it's happen. a win Things happen, yeah. yeah You get two days, basically How lucky are you? (laughs) Me personally, (laughs) or the listener? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone involved. Lucky people. Heads up. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, man? What's happening in your life? Not
1: much. Uh, Just enjoying my couple days off. Um, Yeah, not much. I, I got nothing going on.
0: Were you working Saturday night while the OU and OSU games were being played?
1: I was not. I actually, oh, okay. uh, I was at chicken pickle with uh some of Rosie's friends.
0: Nice. Um, nice. So you were I was, kind of paying attention to the games and having a good time. Yeah, as well? I,
1: I was definitely the, the jerk that was like not socializing because he was trying to stare at the TV. And uh, I mean, luckily they had like the game, they had the OU game playing over like the loudspeaker and the PA system. So like I was able to hear the game the whole time. And then like I would peek over and watch like a few minutes here and there. Um, I came home and I rewatched bits and pieces of of each of them. So I think I got the gist.
0: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, It was, it's crazy that I think the booing and chanting of the quarterback situation in Norman is the headline. And, you know, we're like day five post Oklahoma, West Virginia. And it's still, I mean, the number one thing people are talking about.
1: Okay, so let me let me throw some numbers at you just to kind of give reference to, like, the struggles of the OU offense and, like... May, I mean, there's I'm sure there's plenty of opinions. I haven't listened to anybody's opinions other than, you know, mine and maybe what, like, Kirk was saying during the game. And I thought Kirk was making a good point during the game. Kirk about was, was
0: really upset. He had he mentioned it, like, three or four times in the broadcast.
1: I wonder if he ever got booted at Ohio State, maybe, and if it's a sensitive topic for him, but...
0: I'm uh, sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure so, he did.
1: So OU right now, 28th, 28th and first down. So, like, the offense between the 20s is moving pretty effectively, I would say. If you're 28th in the nation of first downs, you're, you're doing pretty good. 31st in passing yards, not like what we're used to, obviously, with the Lincoln-Riley offense. 42nd in passing efficiency, same thing. Not really what we're used to as far as the Lincoln-Riley offense, but they're 67th in rushing yards. Yeah, And Lincoln-Riley even said it after the game, like immediately after the game, when he was talking to uh, uh, Holly Rowe, he just he needs to commit more to the running game. And we talked about it. I don't know. Maybe it was after the two lane game that just maybe because they're so like weak at running back as far as the depth goes, that he's just afraid to commit to running the ball 35, 40 times we, in that game. Because we one talked of those about guys it gets, last
0: week, Aaron, after the Nebraska yeah, game.
1: There you go. I yeah. know we talked about it multiple times about that potentially being an issue. But like when you're not committing to the running game, which I mean, so much of Lincoln Riley's offense is predicated off of being able to run the ball, which a lot of people don't. I mean, you look at the numbers and you look at like the style where he comes from that you don't think that. But I mean, you go back to year one where he was an offensive coordinator and um, they got destroyed by Texas in that game. And after that, you saw a real commitment to like playing a lot of two-back sets with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan and, and really establishing the run with both of those dynamic running backs. And ever since then, every year, like it's been an emphasis in his offense to like establish the run game. It just – it hasn't been there this year. Yeah,
0: so, like, yeah, that's spot on.
1: And the running backs have been good. I mean, Eric Gray looked really good. He had that great run on fourth down against West Virginia early in the game. And, I mean, Kennedy Brooks has always been good. He's averaging seven yards a carry for his career. So, like, the talent's there with those two dudes. But, I mean, at some point, you're just going to have to say, these are two dudes we got, and if we got to take the chance because we need to, you know, our offense has to be as best that it can be. And it's not going to be if you can't commit to running the ball. So, I I think that changes everything. And I I don't think it's an offensive line issue necessarily yet. I mean, I don't think their offensive line is like a Joe Moore winning award offensive line, but – I mean, they're opening up some holes for those running backs, especially against the competition they played so far. So, I don't know. I think I think Lincoln Riley changes kind of the game plan moving forward that that will help out Spencer Rattler because they're not really scheming dudes open very well right now, in my opinion. And, I mean, I don't know what you do about Spencer Rattler kind of being a gunslinger and wanting to throw the ball downfield into double <laughs> coverage and triple coverage. I don't know how you fix that. I think that's just kind of ingrained in the way he plays quarterback. But maybe if you run the ball more, you can reduce the amount of chances are, that he feels like he needs to do that because – And there's a lot of pressure on him to just produce the entire offense right now.
0: Yeah, I I think that uh, I I think the O-line was bad the other night against West Virginia. I I would say if you go back to the Nebraska game, I think Eric Gray rushed for like 5.5 yards a carry and Kennedy Brooks rushed for like 5.7 yards a carry, or maybe it was the other way around. But both guys were well over five yards a carry against Nebraska. But like it was a 50-50 run pass split that day. And obviously the passing game wasn't on point. And it felt like there was a hesitancy from Lincoln Riley to just say, you know what, we're going to run the football all day. Because, again, this is a long season where you have two scholarship running backs. And I think it's a a delicate balance for Lincoln Riley to get through this schedule with those two guys and in some way try and keep the tread on the tires. Right. You don't want to overuse those two guys too early in the season where you don't have healthy running backs down the stretch. So. I do think it's a delicate balance. I I don't want to necessarily kill him for not running the football more against Nebraska, but it was clear to see in that game. The passing game wasn't that efficient, but they were running the football pretty much at will. Then, a week later, you play a West Virginia team, who we also need to give a lot of credit to as far as their their defense, but the offensive line wasn't good. I mean, they they finished the game 28 carries, 57 yards, 2 yards per carry, uh, once again, we saw them in a fourth and one situation where the offensive line gets completely blown up at the line of scrimmage. I believe it was Kennedy Brooks gets tackled like two yards behind the line of scrimmage on a fourth down play. I mean, that can't happen. You've got to, if nothing else, have a stalemate at the line of scrimmage and allow your running back to potentially make a play. But what we're used to is Oklahoma offensive lines blowing the other team off the line and and it's an easy pickup for the Oklahoma running back. So I think it's it's a combination early in the season of... Of not wanting to just rely completely on the run game because you have limited depth at that position, but then the offensive line not being great to this point, and then having a, a bad game against West Virginia where they were they were dominated on the line of scrimmage all night. Um, it's it's a it's a dangerous recipe. I think the best way I've heard it was uh, put from Dusty this week. He said they're playing with fire, and the longer you play with fire, uh, you know you're gonna get burned at some point. So if they don't change things soon we could see uh, a, potential, a potential upset. But I once mean, again, we, you know, Bill Biedenboe is as good as there is in college football at what he does. And I go back to that Joe Moore award-winning group. They, were, I, they weren't bad. Like, there was never a point where they were bad. But I, I remember in the, country, in the non-conference portion of that season, there were conversations like, why isn't this group dominant? Because they were just kind of like, okay. And then All I right. think it was the Texas game, game like five or six of the season, where finally... Like that group was just blowing everything up on the line of scrimmage. And then they, you know, the rest of the year, they were dominant. And so we've seen big strides made as far as that group uh, within the season. So I think it's possible. But at the same time, it also just kind of feels like, like we've never seen a Bill Bedenbo offensive line look as bad as maybe they did on Saturday.
1: Uh, I will say though, like the, like, the running game, is it- the being effective. It's so much about, like, rhythm and, like, kind of, like, doing it over and over until, yeah. like, every, like, and I think that goes for the offensive line to an extent, too. And when you're only running the ball 17 times, I'm not even, I'm not going to, we'll call it 19. I'm not going to count Spencer Rathers' nine nine runs. So, just between Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, you're only getting 17 carries over the course of a game. I mean, I don't, again, maybe committing yeah. to the run game against West Virginia a little bit more. Maybe the offensive line as the game gets later, and, and we always, like, see in football, like, the old, like, I guess cliche or whatever is like you want your running game to be the most effective in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I think there's a lot of issues with this offense, obviously. So, yeah, I, and I don't think that Spencer Rattler going to the bench is going to fix anything. I, I don't think that bringing in uh Caleb Williams is going to just miraculously make this offense a top 10 offense this season. I mean, I think I've talked about, I talked about it last week. Like there's the receivers right now really just, I mean, they're not at the point where they're making plays after the catch very often, um, I, don't, I don't think they're getting schemed open to, very much, and I don't know if that Spencer just kind of not finding them or or what it is, but like I mean, he's completing seventy four percent of his passes, so it's not like that he's throwing a bunch of incompletions. But there's just not that I don't know, just emphasis on big plays or ability to yeah. make big plays like we saw from guys like C D Lamb. But I don't
0: know. You know what? I, mean, I, a lot of, I, I think we also get caught. Let's let's go on Spencer Rattler and that completion percentage number real quick because. I think sometimes we just think like he's completing passes. So he's an accurate passer, right? Like we a associate a completed pass for being an accurate passer. And I, I think that one of the issues that I feel like we've seen to this point, and again, we're, we're grading Spencer Rattler on a hell of a curve considering his predecessors, but the ball well, placement
1: where his where his expectations were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The ball placement on some of those completions, like the difference between just completing a pass for eight yards versus completing a pass eight yards down the field where a guy can catch it and make a big play after the catch. Like, those are two completely different things. And I don't feel like we've seen Spencer Rattler, from an accuracy standpoint, be at that place yet. We, we've seen it, but not this year, where he's putting the ball in the right place for his guys to make plays after the catch. I mean, how many times have we seen guys just have to make a catch to simply make a catch? Yeah. As opposed to being having the ability to make the catch and still make a play beyond that I I think that's you know we get caught up in completion percentage where yes he's completing passes and he's putting balls in the right zone for it to be completed but the next level of that is putting it in the right spot where the guy can make a play after the catch
1: well I mean true, you're you're right about that but it is better though to be at 74 than to be at 57 for sure I mean 74 I mean it's better that he's completing three out of four passes than not completing three out of four passes but yeah I
0: just mean in terms of the explosive plays versus just completing passes yeah
1: but also, I mean, if you're not running the ball very much, then, you know, you're not going to draw a lot of, you know, the defense isn't going to put seven or eight in the box right. because they think you're going to run it, but you only run it 17 times over the course of a game. Right. Like, it's going to make it even more harder to get big plays because they're just going to play cover, two and they're going to take away the big play. But I don't know. I mean, thank God that the defense right now is, I mean, really, the OU defense is keeping them in this season right now. And they have played, I mean, I think they have played pretty Pretty damn good. After that first drive against West Virginia, where West Virginia took up like what half, like half the first quarter on that touchdown drive, like
0: it was like nine minute drive.
1: Yeah, they didn't do anything after that. No. And so, you know, thank God for the ODS, because yeah, this offense right now is. Would Would you say this offense right now is a top five offense in the Big Twelve?
0: Oh, in the Big Twelve? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, just. There aren't great offenses in this league right now. I mean, look, Iowa State has struggled offensively. Kansas State is, I mean, especially without Skylar Thompson, really struggles offensively. Uh, have you seen Texas Tech play?
1: No, I mean, Kansas, they're, they're putting up points. I mean, but... West
0: Virginia isn't. West Virginia has Letty Brown, but, I mean, they're not what I would call explosive. Baylor looked good on Saturday. Baylor, uh, Baylor is interesting. Their defense is, but, they've got
1: a top break defense, too. Yeah.
0: But, again, offensively, it's not like they're super explosive. So right.
1: Scored 171 points through yeah. four games, though. Yeah.
0: Texas yeah. obviously has some, some dynamic playmakers. Um, I'll be interested to see the progression of the Oklahoma State offense with everybody healthy because they, they, they were horrible offensively for, like, three weeks, and finally they have Tay Martin back. Jalen Warren is, a, is the guy. Spencer Sanders, like, Saturday was the first time we've had all three of those guys together healthy in the same game.
1: It looks a lot more balanced, too. I mean, they yeah. weren't running the ball 57 times, right. or 60 times. Like, it looked more. I mean, Tate Martin had a big game. Spencer threw it, what, like six, 36 times, 35 times? And uh, they still went over 100 yards on the ground. So,
0: yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know who I'd say is the best offense in the league. Probably Texas right now, but.
1: I mean, they have the best player yeah. in the league right now. Yeah. The, I mean, if Casey, I mean, I, even, well, I didn't watch the game last week. I'm, I'm assuming Casey Thompson's doing okay. I mean, he's definitely a dynamic athlete, so I'm sure that they're taking advantage over that, but
0: yeah, Casey Thompson's really good. It's good. Okay. He is a playmaker. Yeah. And then, you know, Bijan Robinson obviously is electric every time he touches the ball, Xavier worthy, the freshman receiver that, uh, that Sark brought with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude is, uh, he's a freak too. That, 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 okay. that offense has juice, man. I look, I know it was Texas tech and that's the first thing people say when you score a bunch of points on a bad team is, well, that team stinks, right? But guess what bad teams do against bad teams? They don't score 70.
1: I and mean, there's a lot of people that say the the biggest like one of the key tests to determining whether how good a team is is if they can dominate the bad teams. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not it, saying they're going to do that same thing against good defenses. Obviously, like oh, yeah, generally nobody 70. the best offenses in college football don't score 70 on good defenses, but like you can clearly tell that they're better offensively and more dynamic offensively right now than they've been in a long time.
1: You think Bijan Robinson is going to be the one running back taken in the first round?
0: I don't know, man. I, uh, it's a, there's a long way to go. Is he, I guess he, a well, he can't, right?
1: yeah, he's a true sophomore. Yeah. I thought he had a red shirt up for some reason, yeah. but so I guess he'll be, he'll be in the draft next year, but I mean, dude, dude I was is. thinking
0: about this on Saturday for a league that was known almost exclusively as high octane offense and quarterback play. Like right now, think about the quarterback position in this league and it doesn't necessarily blow your hair back. But think about the running backs in this league, the playmaking running backs in this league. You have Deuce Vaughn, you have Jalen Warren, you have Bijan Robinson, Zach Evans at TCU, Brees Hall, Letty Brown at West Virginia, the two OU guys, Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray, uh, Treston Ebner at Baylor. Like the running back position right now in this conference is really, really good. And the quarterback position is just like, eh.
1: It's so funny because like, that sounds like the SEC, right? Like it sounds like you're describing the SEC, but like the SEC is completely flipped now to where like, there's a ton of, like, top-tier quarterbacks in the SEC. Yeah. And then, like, in, in, like Texas and OU are going to be like, oh, yeah, we we look like SEC teams out here. Look at all this. And then they go to the SEC, and they're like, what the hell is this? Everybody's wearing, like, 1980s, like, perms and stuff, and they're in grunge outfits, and it's just like... Yes. Some soul glow. Yeah, just everything's backwards, but, yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, I think B. John the- Robinson,
1: though... Sorry, I, I just...
0: Oh, I agree I no, he's, he's so much fun to watch. Insane. Yeah.
1: I think after the, I think after week one, I compared him to kind of like Reggie Bush. He he just really does remind me of Reggie Bush. He's so dynamic in so many ways in the offense, and every time he touches the ball, it's just absolutely electric. And he like he, I mean, can make insane plays, make dudes yep. miss. As a super athletic. Like, I th- I, if I'm an NFL team and I'm picking in the late 20s, I'm absolutely next year. Assuming everything says he stays healthy and everything, I would absolutely take him late in the first round because I think he's a. He could be an absolute difference maker in, in, in the next level.
0: Yeah, he's a freak, man. He's a that OU Texas game has uh, has some spice to it. Yeah, like what? Are uh, you, 10, 10, 10, 11 days away Her- now.
1: Herman won his. Did Herman win his first OU Texas? He did, right? Because his first year would have been Lincoln Riley's first. We just the yeah, game, I just mentioned yeah, a second yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, that was
0: the yeah Baker's last. Wait, no.
1: It was a junior year, I think. Or
0: Baker won his last. Red River yes. game, and that was Lincoln Riley's first year as the head coach. So,
1: Okay, so I think the year... I don't remember. I'm too lazy to look it up, but I was going to say, I wonder if, uh, how te- first year you, Texas coaches have done over yeah. the past uh, 10 years since Mac Brown got fired.
0: I don't remember what Charlie Strong did. I know that uh, yeah, Herman lost to, to Lincoln that first year, Baker's last year at OU, and then they beat Kyler the next year in the yeah. regular season, and then Kyler beat Texas in the Big 12 championship.
1: So let's see. 2013. That's too much. That's too much to look on while we're, while we're doing this. But Texas has won in 2015 and 2018. So I guess. No. Okay. So Tom Harmon didn't win year one because year one for him would have been probably 2017.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just. Right, thought- there we go. Okay. Well, never mind. Sorry, I was to read
0: all the stuff. <laughs> what was uh, Charlie Strong's first year? Was 2014, and he lost 31-26. Yeah,
1: yep. There you go. So you go. OU by a touchdown.
0: Yeah. And I don't even remember what year uh, Mac Brown took over. Mac Brown took over in 98.
1: 98.
0: And Texas beat John Blake's Oklahoma team 34-3. So. Well,
1: I mean, you have Ricky Williams running the ball yeah. for 700 yards, yeah. so.
0: Um, I do think the quarterback thing is interesting because I said last week, the running game's not great. Like the offensive line is not dominant. And that was before the West Virginia debacle. They're not dominant. They were okay, but they weren't dominant. And you only have two running backs to get through an entire season. I said, I wonder if, if they're willing to, you know, potentially get rid of that red shirt year for Caleb Williams. And they don't want to just try to use him four times this season. I wonder if you don't, have a Caleb Williams run package. Not only because it adds some creativity to the offense and just another dynamic of having to stop from the run game perspective, but it's another ball carrier, right? It's another guy that can potentially yeah. give you longer wear and tear on on your running backs. So yeah. I, I brought that up last week multiple times on the show. I think we talked about it as well. Like, put put a Caleb Williams run package into this offense if for they- no other reason than to preserve your two running backs for an entire season. I don't think there's any chance that that happens now because I I think with the fan base chanting, we want Caleb and calling for the backup quarterback. Like, even if they thought, hey, this is a good idea, it's almost like now you're saying, well, we're giving in to the fans or it creates some sort of, oh, look, Caleb Williams is getting his opportunity. Like, I think that with what happened on Saturday night, it makes that a really dangerous situation.
1: Well, they kind of did it against Tulane a little for like a few plays. Because he had that touchdown run, right? Yeah. Against Tulane, and then like they they showed a little bit of that possibly, but yeah, if they do it now, I mean, okay, so like already, you, like you said, it kind of comes off like, oh, we're giving into the fans. We don't really trust Spencer, but then if if they do that and Caleb Williams has like he does it, they run the play, run the play like three times in that package with him, and he gets thirty yards. They're gonna be like, well, what are we doing? Yeah, this like, guy needs so to like, be in man. there every snap. He, yeah, he needs to be in there every step. He's productive. Yeah. He can run the ball like. Yeah, you're kind of damned if you do or damned if you don't in that situation, and it's probably just better if you don't at this point because, like you said, you're gonna possibly burn his his red shirt. Um, I think he's only played one game, right? He only played that Tulane game, or did he come in and then the played uh, second in the game?
0: Uh, Western Carolina game as, Carolina as well? As well. Yeah. Okay, he did play in that. I didn't watch yeah. that
1: one, but yeah, that was a so. pay
0: per view game, and it was, I mean, seventy six to zero, right? Right. Like the, yeah, yeah dominance.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably better off if you don't. I mean, you and I pro- could have scored
0: against Western Carolina. I could run through that all yeah. look. At the end of the day, I know the OU
1: fans are frustrated because Spencer Rattler is not Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. He's not hell, he's not even Jalen Hurts right now. Right. But they're still 4-0. They're still number six in the country. Like it it's not a tear it down, like, let's burn this whole whole MF or down to the ground yet. Like they're still in a good spot. They still control their entire season. Yeah. Like the defense is playing really well. They've got a lot of playmakers on defense. Like the secondary is starting to play better. Obviously, the front seven's still really good, and there's and they've stayed healthy. Jalen Redmond's starting to play better, so like he's potentially like filling in in that edge piece that Ronnie Perkins was at. But
0: well, he's hurt. He he didn't play last didn't week, hurt. and he's out. Okay, indefinitely. I, I, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. I hope it's not it's not the health issue again, is it?
0: No, no.
1: It's an in, okay. Well, he I was. I have the like, worst yeah.
0: memory as far as remembering like who has what specific injury. Right. Because there well, just I, like every week, like I I read so many injury reports of every team that like in my brain. I can't remember like who has a knee, who has an ankle, all that. Like it's just one of those. Things. I can never remember what the specific injury is. But yeah, well, like I said, I was distracted. he's out for a few weeks. So well, is he, he played good
1: against Nebraska. He was really good against Nebraska. So if they get him back, whatever, he'll he'll fall in there and hopefully continue where he was at against Nebraska. But I mean, if, if Lincoln Riley commits to running the ball a little bit more, and I don't think that you need to run the ball forty-five times, but like you need to, you need to give Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks more than seventeen carries in a game, especially you know I mean it was a one-score game, like. I mean, I Dude, think you they run couldn't the run the
0: football, though. I, I, I know. They I know could they not run, run. the football. They were getting zero push in that game. West Virginia kicked their ass on the line of scrimmage. I know, I know, but, it, like, still, I, through the rest of the season, like, you yes. have to be more
1: balanced. Yes. Lincoln knows that. So, like, it's okay. Like, calm down. Yeah. I, think, I think everybody just needs to relax. Like, they've had some close games. It's fine. That's kind of been the trend over the past, like, Seven or eight games with this OU team, like they're going to play a lot of close games. I thought of the Sugar Bowl, obviously, were, and I don't know. Maybe if Florida doesn't, you know, sit if half of their their playmakers don't sit out that game, maybe that game's closer. I don't know, yeah. but look, it's fine. We're just we're not it, OU's not at the point right now that they were through from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. Like they're just not going to beat teams by fifty every game. They're not going to score 55 every game. Like It's not where they're at. It's not where the entire league's at. Like that, the whole league is at a different point right now Right. as far as the way they're playing football.
0: Dude, we've been talking about this for like three years, the shift in just the identity of this league and the football, the type of football, the brand of football that's being played. Like we started talking about this three seasons ago. Like you're seeing a shift. You're seeing it's, it's not just the, you know, spread you out up tempo five wide. Let's throw the ball 80 times. Like we started seeing everybody across the league start to slowly shift their offensive identity, and now it's like it's funny. Three years later, there are people that are just now like, "Oh, look, the Big Twelve is kind of different now." Like, yes, it's been going this direction for multiple seasons. I think I think I think a lot of that started with Lincoln Riley. I think that yes. Lincoln Riley
1: establishing a power run game. Yes, uh, albeit a lot of it was out of the shotgun. All of it was out of the shotgun. So, like, people see it and think it's you know. Uh, traditional like you said spread offense where you're throwing the ball 15 times but it just never was the case like it was always he's always had a balanced offense since he got to OU and it, it was a the power run game is a big part of it like how often do they run outside of the, the tackles not a lot Hell, yeah, exactly a lot of it most of it is between the tackles yeah. so and then Oklahoma State I mean Oklahoma State's had stud running backs for the past few years that have just you know kind of been the focus of mm-hmm. a lot of their offense so me, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just a complete shift. And then, well, I and, and we saw a bunch
0: just, of coaching changes as well. Like, sure. you know, the Art Riles out. offense at Baylor went away, and in came Matt Rule, and Matt Rule wasn't running the you know f- spread five wide up tempo stuff that we were seeing before. He went to bigger personnel packages and and more of a, a run game dominated offense. And obviously, uh, Dave Aranda is is going to run the football as well. Kansas State has has pretty much always <laughs> run the football first. Neil Brown took Dana Holgerson's offense that, you know, had Will Greer and all those other quarterbacks that were just throwing the ball everywhere. And they're a lot more balanced now than they used to be. I mean, we're, Gino Smith I, used
1: to throw the ball 60 yeah, times a game.
0: Yeah, Matt Campbell is a is a run first guy at Iowa State. I mean, we've seen it across the league. Even Tech, Texas Tech, who was like the, the one that got this whole thing going as far as the spread and up-tempo, yeah. air raid offense. Like, even with, you know, Matt Wells still throws the football a lot, and some of that is because they get down by so damn much that they have to. But, like, Matt Wells' offensive identity involves a tight end and, again, diff- heavier personnel packages and involving the run game but, in your offense.
1: Let me let me ask you this theory. So, I would say, obviously, in my opinion, it's much easier to build an, a spread offense because you don't need the size. So, right. like, as far as recruiting... The lower level recruits are going to fit a spread offense a little bit better than, you know, if you're trying to build like a, a power run offense or a little, a little bit more traditional. Do you think that like the Big 12 playing better as a conference is part of the reason that they're shifting to more of a less of a wide open spread offense conference?
0: I, I think that a couple of things, a couple of factors for me. I think number one, football is a copycat sport and you're yeah. always going to copy whoever is doing it best. And in the Big 12, Oklahoma was doing it best. And Oklahoma, we've heard, how many times have you heard over the last couple of weeks with them struggling with the pass game and Spencer Rattler? Like, everybody's, well, it's, you know, the run game is what, what opens everything up. Like, that's what Lincoln Riley wants to do. And, and even though he's produced all these NFL quarterbacks, like, it's all predicated on them being able to run the football. So I think there's first the, the, the copycat situation where everybody says, that's who's winning football games in this league. We need to do what they're doing. I think, secondly, there was a complete shift. Like, look at all the the coaches right now in this league. Like, none of them have been around for a long time. Like, there was a massive amount of turnover as far as the head coaches in this league over the last five years. And most of the new blood in this league are not guys that that are spread offense guys, right? It's, it's Matt Wells. It's Neil Brown. It's Matt Campbell. Like, the majority of these guys are not spread offense guys. So, you have head coaches that don't have spread offense identities. And then, I think, third, like... When you look at the way that teams were recruiting and building their defense in this league for such a long period of time to stop the up-tempo air raid, it allowed you to be able to run the football on them because they're not built to stop the run, right? They're built to try and... So everybody was like, well, if this is what they're going to try to stop, let's go in this direction. So I think there's, there's several layers to it.
1: So is there only four coaches in the Big 12 that have been tenured more than five years? Or five or more years? How when did Matt Campbell get to Iowa State?
0: I think he was either Lincoln because Riley's he, year or the year before.
1: Okay. So there you go. So what, like five yeah. Lincoln Riley, Matt Campbell, uh, Patterson and Gundy are really the only coaches that have been there more than what? Two years. I mean, this is uh,
0: Matt Campbell got there in 2016. So and About this is Lincoln years. Riley's fifth year, right? So yeah, yeah. longer than five years, this. there's three guys, Matt Campbell, who's been there six and then Gundy and Patterson.
1: There you go. Yeah. And then, I don't even know who Kansas' head coach is right now, I'm gonna be completely honest. But it's, Neil uh, Brown, What's his
0: name from Buffalo. Like I'm I'm blinking. Lance Leopold, is that matter. his name?
1: That, he's gonna be gone in two years anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. So but yeah, like Neil Brown, Matt Wells, um, Kleiman all came in in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Sarkeesian this year, obviously. Dave Arandon last year. Yeah. So like, I mean that's five that's half the conference right there that have only been there since twenty nineteen.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not Art Bryles and Dana Holgerson, <laughs> you know, like right. The league is completely different than it was 5 years ago.
1: Well, it'll be different in 2 years probably. Well, yeah. for sure it'll yeah. be different too. I mean, yeah. it's about to be a complete complete
0: shift. Yeah, it might not even be a Power 5 conference. <laughs> right. <laughs> Better hope Cincinnati finishes in the top 5 this oh, year. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, what no, are I I uh, I think I said this yesterday. I want to get your opinion. If you could hand pick one Big Twelve opponent for Oklahoma this week. Who would it be?
1: Kansas. So you got a question? You'd pick Kansas. They need a they need a get right game. They need a game where the offense can feel good about themselves.
0: Well, see, they had that against Western Carolina, and it didn't make a difference. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I don't think they were terrible against Nebraska. I think Nebraska just played. I think Nebraska played pretty well that game. I think that was just a good game matchup. Obviously, Oklahoma is another tier than Nebraska now, but like. I don't. I don't. Know. I didn't watch that Nebraska game and come away from it and say this OU team has a lot of issues. I think it was just a tough game against a good opponent that played that played up to Oklahoma's level. But yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want Texas right now. You don't want. I don't think you want Oklahoma State or Baylor right now. I think I you agree. need a. I think you need something. Maybe a Texas Tech look. Maybe Texas Tech is a little bit more of a challenge, but a team that you should it should your offense should get right against. You should be able to put up some yards and some numbers and build some confidence back. Maybe establish the run game a little bit more. Get the fans behind Spencer Rattler again, and then and then you go and play Texas. I think Kansas State's gonna be a tough game. I,
0: I think, I, think State- I, look, I think they're gonna get everything they want from Kansas State, but Kansas State would have been my pick because well, my you got your wish come true. Yeah, because Kansas State's beat them the last two years. And look, Kansas State's not dynamic offensively. We don't even know if Skylar Thompson's gonna play. But like,
1: he didn't play. Against, he did not play against Oklahoma State, right?
0: Right. They're saying, I guess Kleiman said yesterday in his press conference that it's not likely that, that he's going to play. I've heard rumblings that they're probably going to wait till the end of the week to even make an announcement as far as his availability, much less him actually playing. But
1: He, he dominates OU. He's got to play.
0: Yeah, if he can go, you got to play him. But right. my, my answer is Kansas State because that is an opponent that Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's not going to take them lightly. And I think the fact that Kansas State's beat them the last two years – like, it's easy to get your team up for a Kansas State game with Texas right around the corner. Like, this is not a game that they're going to overlook in anticipation for the Texas game a week from now. I think this is a game, game that demands they show up and they play a physically tough football game. And I mean, if, if it were me, that would be the type of game I would want to bounce back with. A game that, that demands that your team plays focused and is going to be physically challenged. But at the same time, Kansas State's not super dynamic either.
1: I'd be curious to see if to have somebody like really like crunch the numbers and put some like analytics together to see like the like whether the game before the Texas game or the game after the Texas game has been more uh, of of a struggle for OU over the years.
0: I think it's before because I if I remember right, I think most of the time the week after Texas, they blow somebody out.
1: I mean, they usually after Texas, they really I mean, they really run the table, especially yeah. like during the Lincoln right. Riley and the Buffs, Yeah, that's they when are they like, like
0: hammer it down and, and they're yeah. in the high gear and just they start annihilating everyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially over the past like four or five years, like the Texas game is really their first test. Yeah. I mean, I mean, non, they hadn't really been scheduling non-conference games since the Ohio State years. Well, I know they played they like one
0: and two in their first three games, but
1: right. But those were, they didn't play non-con. They played one non-con game last year, right?
0: Yeah, I don't rem- I don't yeah. even remember who. I mean,
1: was, last year was a was a disaster, and then they played like a four overtime game against Texas, and then after that rolled.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, there you go. I guess yeah. I guess we don't need the numbers. I guess it was just traditionally so. At least since Bob Stoops got there, they just kind of were on the table after the Texas game.
0: Yeah. Pretty much.
1: It's not like Oklahoma State challenges them, but once every ten years, or beats them once every ten years. I guess they challenge them occasionally, but
0: yeah, yeah, it's.
1: I guess from that point perspective, OU's got two more weeks to get through and then it's, it's sunny side up there. Go get a, go get a grand slam. I don't yeah. know. Uh,
0: I thought Oklahoma state looked uh, terrific against Kansas state. Like I said earlier, I think the first time you finally have Spencer Sanders, Tay Martin, Jalen Warren, as the guys, the known commodities all on the football field together, healthy. Uh, I thought they looked really good. I, I thought the second half was more of a situation because I, people were pointing at this, like, where did the offense go? Like, Dude, you're playing Kansas State. They're not dynamic offensively. Your defense is dominating the football game. Like, you don't need to get crazy offensively. You just need to run the football, run the clock, let your defense continue to get stops. Don't take the chance on a turnover or allowing Kansas State to swing the momentum. And I, I thought that's what they did, and they just closed it out the way they should. That, that defense has been lights out every single week.
1: I'm excited for uh, another 16-13 game in the Big 12 this Saturday when Oklahoma State and Baylor play. That means... Yeah. Look, I mean, Oklahoma State beat. I mean, Kansas State had been played pretty good up to. The, I mean, I don't. Even, I mean, they got dominated. Like Oklahoma State got a big, real early in that game, but Kansas State hadn't been bad for the first three games. I mean, they opened the season against Stanford. Stanford just got Clay Helton fired, so, like, I mean, that means something, right? You beat the team that got Clay Helton yeah. fired after one loss this season. But yeah, like, like you said, they're healthy. They were way more balanced. Um, let me pull up the, the schedule because the Bo- so the Boise State game they. They ran the ball fifty-seven times against Boise State, and then against Kansas State, they ran the ball forty-three. So they're still running the ball a lot. Like Jalen Warren still had twenty-seven carries, but I mean, it was a forty-three run to thirty-four pass split. Nine of those runs were Spencer Sanders. So I mean, there's a, there's a real good balance right now uh, with them getting healthy. I mean, they only threw it they threw it thirteen times against Boise State. Yeah.
0: Do you do you remember the halftime numbers for Spencer Sanders in that game? At Boise State game. Yeah. No, he was one for six for seven yards. Was he Justin Fields? <laughs> when he gets sacked nine times, I, I we got to get into that because. Yeah. Uh, but generally, like that, that whole situation
1: pissed me off. Oh, like God. I'm upset about that. Nice, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta love the balance, right? And uh, so I, I didn't see much of the second half. Did they kind of just take their their foot off the gas in the second half, or did Kansas State kind of step it up a little bit?
0: Yeah, no, it was just, it was a situation where they had a big lead, and it didn't make sense to put the hammer down offensively. Like, they were up by a large margin, they were controlling the football game, and the defense had played lights out. Like, the defense was awesome on Saturday night. It didn't make any, like I said earlier, like, just don't commit any turnovers, don't do anything stupid that's going to swing the momentum. Run the football, let the clock wind, and allow your defense to close out the game. That's exactly what they did. Like, would you like to see them... Score more points, of course you would. But, like, it's also a situation where Kansas State is not dynamic offensively. And you have a big lead against a team that doesn't throw the football well. Like, it doesn't make sense to air the ball out or, you know, like, run the football, let the clock wind down, and let your defense just continue to get stop after stop after stop. Like, it's, I think it's, with as many question marks as there have been for Oklahoma State's offense, like, it doesn't make any sense to me to, like, maybe allow them to turn the ball over. Like, they had played really well, they got a big lead, like, why take chances?
1: I think, uh, I think one impressive thing from the, that Kansas State and uh, Oklahoma State game was I mean, Oklahoma State had the ball 11 more minutes than Kansas State. And Kansas yeah. State is has always been like built on obviously running the ball and like controlling time of possession and keeping the other team's offense off the field. And they couldn't do that. Like, Oklahoma State's defense still got off the field quickly. I mean, if you look at Oklahoma State scoring drives in that game, uh, two minutes and 19 seconds, two minutes and 46 seconds. Obviously, they had the uh, fumble return touchdown. Four minutes and forty-two seconds. Four minutes and twenty-seven seconds. So like they weren't going on long, super long like scoring drives. They the defense was just getting at Kansas State off the field, like yeah. can, like every time, like time after time they were. I mean Kansas State was two of twelve on third down.
0: Yeah, Kansas State scored two touchdowns in that game. One of them was a kick return. The other one was on a a crazy play where Oklahoma State has like three guys tackling Will Howard and he somehow just gets the ball out and Deuce Vaughn catches it in space and then like takes it to the house, which we all know how good Deuce Vaughn is. If you give him the ball in space, that can happen. And that's just one of those things like, okay, like you have to live with that. You didn't quite get the quarterback, although you had three guys like taking him down when he got rid of it, but it happens. And Deuce Vaughn made a great play, but like that was literally the only offensive touchdown of the game. And it was on just kind of one of those. Crazy plays where you thought you'd sack the quarterback, and the next thing you know, the ball's in Deuce Vaughn's hands, and he, he's gone. But the defense played terrific.
1: Yeah, this next game's going to be interesting. I mean, Baylor just—I obviously Iowa State's kind of been—I I mean, I think they've been a disappointment because they were at seven preseason, which rankings preseason, like well, I think we all agree they're dumb. But yeah. they there was no reason for Iowa State not to be one of the three best teams in this conference. They returned every player. Yeah, I mean, they were good last year. they, they lost to. Uh, Louisiana in the opener last year, obviously. But, like, after that, like, they were great. They played good football. Got to the Big 12 championship game, everything. And then they returned everybody. And, I mean, they obviously lose the game to Iowa. But, like, they've been – I I would say they've been disappointing. But for Baylor to beat them, like, that's still a good win.
0: Yeah, it's a good win. And they and have it, been disappointing. Uh, but, like – you know, you still have to go beat a team that has a lot of experience a lot and of experience. a lot of talent goes, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, think they, I think it's fair to say it's a good win, and they've been disappointing. Like, here's the thing. Iowa State may not be in the Big 12 championship, although, you know, they only have one conference loss, so it's not like they're yeah. done, uh, even though they have two losses on the season. But, like, they, they always are way better on the back half of the season under Matt Campbell. For whatever reason, they just don't start well. And I, I, I'm not saying they're going to be in the big 12 championship, but I just think you're going to see a completely different Iowa state team on the back half of the year than you're seeing right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, like you said, there's Matt Campbell's proven he's a good coach. They've got so much experience. Like Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, like they're still healthy. Like their playmakers are still healthy. Yeah. Like they still got those dudes. I mean, Brees Hall at 190 yards against Baylor. So
0: yeah,
1: pretty interesting. I mean, if seeing the, the Iowa state running numbers to get five and a half yards of carry and 216 yards, like, I think that bodes well for Jalen Warren and like what Oklahoma state wants to do with the, their game script. So it'd be interesting. I think, I think Oklahoma state should win that game. I don't, I'd four and oh, like they, they just beat Iowa state, but I don't know. I'm a little hesitant because that other than the Iowa state game, they've played Texas state, Texas Southern and Kansas.
0: Yeah. I thought and they, they, they looked good, but I'm with you. I, I, and I, Oklahoma state's fit the favorite. Uh, I saw the line yesterday between three and a half and five. So I mean, yeah, depending like where you half. get your, your line from.
1: I'm seeing three and a half right now. The over under's at 47 and a half, which I'll be honest, I'd probably take the under on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Uh how about how about uh, Arkansas taking down the Aggies? Arkansas is one of those teams. I don't know why, but like I like seeing Arkansas like good. Yeah.
1: I I guess maybe because like they've never been good since I started watching college football. I mean, they had like the Darren McFadden year like the Ryan Mallet year where like they were pretty good, but yeah. they've never been like, a top 10, top 5 caliber team, but, I mean, they've got wins over Texas and Texas A&M this year, so, like, you know, getting that Southwest Conference shine right now, and yeah, I mean, look, it's it's gonna die off because they've got Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn over their next three games, and they're at Georgia and at Ole Miss, so, I mean, they're gonna lose one, if not multiple, of their next three games, so, it'll die off, but I love seeing Texas A&M lose, I love the fact that it would have been better if it happened in Kyle Field, but it's still kind of fun that it happened at, at AT&T Stadium. And, like, I guess Jerry Jones got his wish, probably fixed the game. How much do you think Jerry paid the refs to get Arkansas to win that game?
0: I don't know, man. I, Arkansas uh, kicked their ass, I think, for the most part. Like, it was. I, mean, I, I was watching it, and I thought, man, this is, Arkansas is just, just hitting them.
1: I mean, look, KJ Jefferson completed seven passes for yeah. 212 yards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, heard in that game too, but yeah, they. I mean,
1: well, yeah, but still, that the yards per completion is pretty. I mean, same Pittman's got to be
0: on every short list for a coaching vacancy in the country, right? Who is that? Sam oh, Pittman. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And look, and as as far as that goes, you're, you're absolutely right. Like USC, maybe I don't know how much of an. Up, I mean, obviously, like tradition wise, USC's a big upgrade. But would you take the USC? Would you leave Arkansas to take the USC job? I'm really down. On I USC. mean, yeah, and, like, but
0: like, it's also giving up an SEC job right now. I think is uh, like with the current situation in college football. Like, I think just giving up an SEC job in general, unless you're you're crashing and burning, goal. like maybe Mike Leach, uh, I don't, it's it may not be a smart move to leave that conference at the moment. Yeah, but
1: I, I think USC is like a project. But is USC bigger. a better
0: job than Arkansas? The answer is yes, oh, well, traditionally. But, yes, but yes but I think I, given the current state of college football and the unknown about just the future in general um being a, a head coach in the SEC is is not a bad position to be in
1: i think I think going to USc and fixing that is probably like a project that you're never going to be able to finish because i just i don't think the people in charge of USc are going to give anybody enough time to to fix that thing and like I mean they yeah. I, I, mean, I think'd be like, like it's a five year project just to get them back to being like nationally relevant on, yeah. like far as wins and losses go but yeah, love Texas AM and m losing. Um, obviously, all the people that uh, thought that they were legitimate playoff contenders go, pff, yeah. go eat a turd because they're they're clearly not. They just got dominated by it. Well, Colorado. A,
0: nearly well. beat them, and they got a late score to beat Colorado. Right. So yeah, they're, they're done. Clemson uh, loses their second oh, game. Dude, they scored
1: eighty was eighty seven points through four games. Their
0: O line is so freaking bad, so so bad. It's I was, shocking.
1: I was so wrong on my Heisman pick, like oh, DJ, yeah, hysterically bad, it's yeah. way off. I mean, they're. I mean, I mean they this might is be what lucky happens to... when
0: you have an inexperienced quarterback. No matter how talented a guy is, when you have an inexperienced quarterback behind a bad offensive line, like you're, you're not going to have success. Like, there's you, think a... Clemson, you think Clemson fans are booing DJ
1: Uingalele sure and they court? are. I bet they are. Tyson Fama, okay, like they're going to bring in a backup quarterback that's even harder to say than DJ Uingalele. Have you seen their backup quarterback's name? No. All right, it's Tyson T A I S U N and his last name is P H O M M A C H A N H.
0: I'm showing the backup quarterback's name is Will Taylor.
1: <laughs> well, Tyson Fama 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 Chana, he played. <laughs> he, he took the snaps in that game against uh Nice. He's got 10 passes on the season. Okay. So Let's see.
0: Okay, here we go. Uh yeah, oh, Ty Yeah, Tyson Foma, Foma- Ooh, Yeah, that's Chana. That's a tough one, man.
1: Out of Bridgeport, Connecticut, obviously. I mean, Phomachan. Wh- Fo Phomachan.
0: Phomachan. There's an H at the end. Fomachon. <sighs> I'm one just needs letting you to- know. I don't know what the pronunciation is, but no matter what it is, from for the rest of time, I'm just at the end of it. I'm going to go. Phomachan. <sighs> I mean, it makes it a lot
1: more fun to say, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Clemson's, <laughs> I mean, they, they might, they'll be lucky. I think they might be lucky to win eight games this year, seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, DJ's a talented dude, but he's inexperienced. He doesn't know what he's seeing when he comes to the line of scrimmage. He's not experienced enough to be able to un- like recognize what defenses are throwing at him. And then the offensive line gets dominated. Like it's, a, yeah. it's such a bad recipe.
1: Who's uh Who's been more disappointing through the first month of the football season, DJ Ungaulele or Trevor Lawrence? Um, DJ. Okay, I think Trevor because been okay. he's 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 made some really bad plays, but
0: well, yeah, but I mean, he's a rookie quarterback for the Jaguars I mean, like in the NFL. Like my it's my expectations were really low, pretty low, yeah. yeah. Although
1: I mean, it he's been up and down for sure, like full roller coaster, like make some great plays and make some really bad plays, but he's probably been the best. Rookie quarterback so far in the NFL. Yeah. um, None of the other rookies really have.
0: Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, I think, have both really, really struggled. Uh, Justin Fields in his one start uh, just got annihilated. And Mac Jones is. Mac Jones is like whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of been. Yeah.
1: They're not really letting him do much. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Before we we talk about the the NFL, one more game I want to talk about. Okay. I don't know if you saw SMU-TCU. I was really excited about this game. I saw the, uh, I saw the
1: drama at the end.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even going to bring that part of it up because right? the football, I think, is really interesting. But um, first of all, you have Tanner Mordecai leading the country doing in touchdown it. passes, right? Which also probably in some way adds to the whole OU quarterback thing. Look, look what Tanner Mordecai is doing. Uh, well, I mean, He threw four touchdowns on Saturday. Uh, he did throw three interceptions. But TCU... Got the ball run down their throat. SMU rushed for 7.4 yards a carry on Saturday.
1: 350 yards that game.
0: 350, 7.4 yards a carry against the Gary Patterson defense. Which,
1: by the way, SMU might run, one of SMU's running backs might have the best name in all of college football.
0: Oh, Ulysses absolutely. This is Bentley the 4th. What an awesome name. With the
1: IV at the end, yes. Yeah, he's like, straight up that dude is like the heir to some like DuPont fortune or something. Absolutely. Like some like... Some weird, like bi- multi-billion-dollar fortune that nobody knows about. Yep. Yeah.
0: Ulysses Bentley fourth. It's it's on the short list for best names in college football. For oh, without a doubt. Right next Who's, to uh, Smoke Monday.
1: Smoke Monday is a good one too. The
0: safety from Auburn. Uh, how about Storm Duck?
1: Storm Duck's a good one
0: from North Carolina. Those are uh, those uh, are on the Rushmore.
1: Yeah, Sunny Ducks is. Doing a good job right now at SMU.
0: Yeah, and he's—I mean, go get uh, big-time quarterbacks that that lose their QB battles, right? Shane Bouchelle, Tanner Mordecai. It
1: works, Light right? Sunny Dykes, just like a—it's it, weird that a baseball dude is like the head coach of a D1 football school. He played baseball at Texas Tech, and now he's the head coach at SMU football.
0: Oh, I didn't know he's—I uh, didn't know he played baseball. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's Wait, weird, right? How long ago was that? Uh, 89 to 93. He was at Texas Tech. He was a first baseman. Okay. And then he got a, uh, he was a, I guess he went to the high school route and then worked his way out, which is impressive. He was a running back coach at J.J. Pierce High School after graduating from Tech. Okay. I'm
0: not Navarro aware. junior.
1: Yeah. The Navarro Junior College, then a GA at Kentucky. And then obviously eventually made it up to, uh, you know, wide receiver coach at Tech, putting up some yeah. big numbers. And then, uh, I mean, I OCA remember when his something. dad
0: was coaching Tech, but yeah, Spike. Then, uh, Speaking of great college football names, Spike Dykes.
1: Spike Dykes, that's a good one.
0: That's oh, I Okay, that's right. Sonny
1: Dykes was the head coach at Cal when Jared Goff was there.
0: Yes, I was trying to remember if it was if he was there or not because Tedford was there for a while and then. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Uh, well, actually, well. Dykes was there when Goff was there, but I think that maybe Tedford was there like the last year that Goff was there.
0: Yeah, that's too long. Like who gives a shit? That was too long ago. But, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, Dykes doing a good job at SMU. Their offense has been uh, pretty dynamic so yep. far.
0: Yeah. Um Who are the who's the best team in the Big Twelve right now? I got a text on Sunday from uh, from one of my co-hosts that texas is now the team to beat in the conference and i was like whoa dude nah, whoa pump the brakes and he did like literally the next day was like yeah i think i jumped the gun he was like i was just kind of in the moment but uh
1: i mean they got dominated by arkansas which arkansas right now looks like a really good team well they, they look lost- like a
0: good combination of they look like a good team and texas was playing the wrong quarterback obviously for sure but yeah. i mean texas is up there i mean they're i, I
1: it's still oklahoma like i yeah Oklahoma is still the team to beat. They're still the best team because they've got the – They. I mean, they. I would. I haven't watched every team. Like I, I haven't watched Iowa State super close. I, I would say Stevens is really good, but I think Oklahoma's defense is still like an elite unit right now, mm-hmm. especially in their front seven. Uh, the offensive talents there, like those running backs, Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, have proven through four games. Obviously, I know the West Virginia game was a struggle, but through the first three games, they had proven that they can run the ball really effectively for big gains consistently. And OU's 4-0. They've got the best coach in the conference. Like, they're still the best team. They're still the team to beat until somebody proves them wrong. I'm not going to say Baylor-Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12 right now when they've done nothing that Oklahoma hasn't done.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, conference season. And I think this weekend uh, we have I mean Texas-TCU. We're going to learn something. Uh, Oklahoma bouncing back against Kansas State. Oklahoma State-Baylor. Like, I think it's a really good weekend.
1: Are you at all concerned that OU hasn't played a, a road game yet? Uh, yeah, of course. Did I say Texas? I mean Oklahoma. Or did I say Oklahoma? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Tulsa technically was a road game, I guess. But they haven't been left Norman yet. Yeah. Kansas State's not an easy place to go either. I'm Tulsa. assuming it's a road game. Yeah, it is a road game.
0: What are you talking about? Tulsa?
1: What? What? Oklahoma has not played a road game yet. Yeah, I know. Did I say they haven't left Tulsa? Yeah. Oh,
0: what the fuck? I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> huh? I, I, I originally the first statement, I, I said it and I, and I was like, did I say Texas? And
0: yeah. And then, then like, yeah. And then, yes. And then you said, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just got real. I was like, what? I don't, I'm not sure what's happening here. I think I had an
1: aneurysm. I think, I think I did too. I
0: was like, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm following the, like, I'm super confused.
1: I obviously, that was a whole, yeah. that was a whole situation. But you know what? But this yeah. is
0: the perfect segue into the NFL. Let's just- <laughs> Let's, that's a, that's a good way to, to close the book on uh, college football this week. Okay. Good. Oh, man. All right. I'll 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 let you start with uh, with Justin Fields because nine times, man, I had the Browns defense in fantasy this week. I'm oh, sure that was a good day for you. And it was – well, I still lost my matchup. But, like, watching that defense during that game, I was like, yes!
1: Okay. So I, I've said this for – I said it last week, and I've said it – I think I've said it for a couple of years now that Matt Nagy is one of the worst coaches in the entire NFL. And it is – it's astonishing that he kept his job after last year or the year before. I know that they made the playoffs last year or it was the year before. They made the playoffs two years ago with Nick Foles, right? I can't remember. I don't know, dude. I'm so like lost. Anyways, this Bears team has been good over the Matt Nagy years, like thanks to the defense, but the offense is like, has been consistently completely inept after his first year. Like his first year, Mitch Trubisky is a pro bowler. Like we're seeing Tariq Cohen make all these plays. Like everybody's excited about what this Bears team can do with Matt Nagy coming from the Andy Reid system in Kansas City and like putting it together. Yeah. And then he comes out last week. I don't know if it's because he just hates Justin Fields and like is just being stubborn about it or if it's just completely inept, but that was the worst game plan that I've ever seen by an NFL coach. It was the worst, like, inability to adjust in-game to the situation. I mean, just they had—the Bears had one net passing yard that game. One net passing oh. yard. And oh. after, you would think after the fifth sack, you would do something different. Bring in some extra blockers. Like, bring in tight ends and just go heavy package and don't let Justin Fields get hit anymore. I mean, he's a first-round pick. Top, he was a top-12 pick, top-10 pick. And you're just going to let him get sacked nine times. And then you're going to come out this week and, like, what do you, like, now all three quarterbacks are on the table?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a quarterback competition after three weeks in the NFL season with Andy Dalton, Nick three Foles, dudes. and Justin Fields.
1: Three dudes in that competition. Like, what? I, it's it's incredible. Like, I don't, like, I don't think talent-wise, I don't think the Bears offense over the Nagy era has been terrible. He just consistently puts them in terrible situations where they can't win. And the defense has to yeah. be the saving grace a lot of the time. And a lot of time they are. They, I mean, they, they've had a lot of players. And their defense is taking a dip now because they I mean financial reasons. Obviously, they had cut Kyle Fuller was a huge loss. A Max getting older. Roquan Smith's still really good. But, like, I mean, it's just not the defense that it was a few years ago. And now you've got Matt Nagy, who's supposed to be an offensive guy, coming up with a game plan where his rookie quarterback gets sacked nine times. Yeah. So bad. You're an offensive guy, and your team has a total of 47 yards offense in that game.
0: Uh, There's no way he's back. I mean, it's— Fire him now. Yeah. Oh, he is is going to get your future—
1: Like, the Bears have never had a good quarterback. And they finally get a guy that, like, looks like he could be the future and franchise quarterback of this organization— you're going to get him killed before the end of the season. Fire yeah. him now and don't let him come up with any game plans if Justin Phillips is going to be quarterback.
0: It's crazy because I thought that first year, I was like, man, this guy's good. Like, he's making the Bears offense with Mitch Trubisky. look. Wasn't he coach of the year's first year? I don't know if he will. I don't remember, but I, I remember watching the Bears multiple times that first season, and they were quarterbacked again by Mitch Trubisky. And I was like, man, this offense is interesting. Like, I, I like what they're doing, and they look actually it, dynamic with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Matt, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy is a really good coach. And then like, I don't know what happened, but it all disappeared.
1: Matt Nagy in 2018 was coach of the year. Okay. They were 12 and four his first year in Chicago. Like you said, Trubisky looked really good pro bowler. And like that was Trubisky's like second year in the league. And like we, the, the book was kind of already out on Trubisky that he was kind of looking like a dud and the bears completely botched that draft already. Yeah. And he went in there and made Trubisky a pro bowler.
0: Yeah. That, it, and it was scheme. Like the, the offensive scheme 100%. that year was fantastic. Right, his game planning year one, mm-hmm.
1: like all of the all of the motion and like yeah. misdirection and stuff that he was incorporating, and like all the creative playmaking with guys like Anthony Miller and and Tariq Cohen, like it, he looked like a great coach. He has been awful ever since that year. <laughs> Absolutely, like it, like his game plans look like they're zero effort game plans. Like he's just phoning in every week, and he definitely phoned it in last week. Yeah, and like nine sacks, I, good lord. We talked about Justin Fields a lot during the NFL drafts. And I, I know you do. And I, I love Justin Fields too. I think he's got this, he's got so much potential also. Well, okay. So what is Justin Fields? One of his biggest strength is probably, what, would you say his athleticism yes. right now? Like as a rookie, absolutely. He ran the ball three times designed some runs. There, there was, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this, uh, the guy watched the game, and he he said that to his memory, they only moved the pocket three times.
0: Oh, that's what I was about to say. It's not even design runs as much as it's move the damn pocket. Like, you can't protect not, the guy, and he's athletic. Like, why would you have him be a sitting duck in the pocket like they did? It's
1: not Andy Dalton. Right. Have him roll out. Have him roll out and give him an extra two seconds to find a receiver. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, it, it really honestly came off like Matt Nagy just wanted to punish Justin Fields, which I know is insane. Yeah. And, in like, total tinfoil hat, but, like, <laughs> Just snap after snap, just let it, making him stand in the pocket and look. The we all know and like the, the the this was like the big negative on his scouting report was that he doesn't process the defenses very quickly. Like he doesn't go through his reads very quick. So you're gonna ask him to stand in the pocket like a statue and go through his progressions when yeah. you know that's the one thing that he struggles with in his first NFL game against freaking Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. It's it's, abso- it's it's mind-blowing, and I do not give a shit about the Bears.
0: I, I don't think I can add anything. I think everything you just said is spot on. It's It was baffling to watch. But like I said, uh, at the same time, I, I was happy watching it simply because <laughs> I had the Browns' defense, and I was like, every time, I'm like, yes, another sack. Give me another point. I want all the points.
1: JOK is looking pretty good, though. Yeah. I will say yeah, that as far as rookies. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney had 11 quarterback hits. Yeah.
0: On twenty nine dropbacks, that actually sounds low to me. But based well, that's just on, two guys. Yeah, I know. fifteen as a team. Yeah. On
1: twenty nine dropbacks, they hit yeah. him
0: fifteen times. Fifty percent of the times he dropped back, he got hit. It literally felt like it was ninety percent, though. Watching that game, I mean, it was it was shocking. All right, um, I'm getting short on time, so let's rifle through a few different things. Oh, okay, okay, I got one more. I got one more thing. We
1: can, It's just a quick little tidbit. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so. Uh, there's a Patriots book coming out tomorrow, I was supposed to dive into like the last couple years of the Patriots. There was there's an excerpt in there though, where uh, apparently Bill O'Brien told a colleague he was trying to get fired from the Texans because he thought he might be able to succeed Bill Belichick. Oh, this I- dude ruined my fandom of my only NFL team that I root for, obviously for 18 years killed my fandom oh. because he thought he might succeed bill belichick it worked he got fired i mean 50 yeah. 50 success right so i mean half of his plans been
0: dude if that's like, true that guy should be exiled from football
1: well no but he gets to be the oc at alabama now so i right know
0: right like you had a team with deshaun watson and deandre hopkins and jj watt and i mean and you just completely dismantle it he should be exiled <laughs> like, if that's true, true he should be exiled from football
1: a hundred percent. What a freaking douchebag. There's other good stuff in there, like uh, uh, Tom Brady wanting to meet with Bill Belichick after when he was going to leave New England and kind of have like a, a goodbye meeting and like stuff. And Bill said that he didn't have time for that. He could only talk on the phone. And then there was another thing where Robert Kraft was in Aspen and sa- was telling people at this meeting that he didn't want to leave Aspen to go to Detroit because he didn't want to be around his effing a-hole of a coach.
0: That's not surprising.
1: Right. That's not surprising. The Bill Belichick, or the uh, Bill O'Brien thing, I was just yeah. like, what the-
0: you heard, uh, you heard Brady's. I don't know if it's like his trainer or whatever, but the guy was like, "Bill Belichick just refused to ever change with the times, and he was treating Tom Brady at the at the age of like forty like he was still a, was a rookie." Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "What? The, what?
1: Yep." <sighs> yeah, Greatest coach tough. of all time, though. But I guess there's uh, some sacrifices you have to make. Like, yeah, you know, people liking you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, nobody's ever gonna give Bill Belichick a humanitarian award. So Literally not okay. uh, Kansas City uh, one and two. They could easily be. Here's the funny thing. They could easily be zero and three, but they could also easily be three. and zero. I kind of watch this team and I feel like they are fat and happy, right? Like they they play football like they just know that that offense is so good. They're just going to get bailed out at the end of the game and they just don't look hungry right now. I don't think they're done. I still think they're the team to beat in the AFC But like they're going to have to kick it into gear. They look like they are just very flat at the moment. And then my second point about Kansas City, it is in today's NFL, where literally every team is like three or four guys as wide receivers that are like fantasy worthy, for the best offense in the NFL and the best quarterback in the NFL to not have a wide receiver two is mind-blowing to me. Like, how has Kansas City has gone through this entire stretch, and, and I know Travis Kelsey is a pass catcher. He's the best tight end in the league. But, like, you have Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver position, and then wide receiver two is like, who? How do you not have one guy that's even, like, he didn't even have to be a pro bowler. How do you not have a guy that's just, like, a reliable pass catcher? People, I mean, people think it's going to be
1: Josh Gordon, but i please take the biggest grain of salt with Josh Gordon. I mean, he hasn't played top-level football in a long time. A decade, yeah. eight years. Uh, I mean really the I think the problem with the Chiefs offense with, I'll just go with the receivers first. so I think the biggest issue is that they've got a bunch of like poor man's Tyree kill yes. after after Tyree kill yeah. like losing Sammy Watkins was a big deal because they lost a big body like what like an extra like a I guess he played like the X played outside a lot. Yeah. so they don't have that guy. they just have Tyree kill and then a bunch of not as good Tyree kills like uh Nicole Hardman, Byron uh, Pringle, Byron Pringle, yeah. yeah uh the Robinson kid yeah like it's just a bunch of like off-brand Tyreek Hills and they just don't have that big, they don't have a red zone guy. I mean, Tyreek Hills, I think Tyreek Hills is the best receiver in the league. I've said that he's been not great the last two weeks, but they don't have an outside receiver that they can go to right now. Um, A traditional outside receiver. But I think their biggest issue right now is their defense is terrible. They're last in the league in points allowed. And I know they played some good offenses through the first few games, but last in the league in points allowed. And this was an issue last year that it's just too much of them getting behind early and then Patrick Mahomes, like, just having to be a superhero and just save the day. Yeah. And he all 98% of the time he does it, but he didn't do it against Los Angeles. He had a couple of bad picks late in that game. And then Clyde edwards helaire obviously fumbles against Baltimore. But like you said, they could be 3-0. Uh, they were close in all those games, which is just a testament to how good Pat Mahomes is and, in in like, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are. Yes. Those three dudes just keep them in every game against every
0: opponent. But what about Justin Herbert, man? I'm just saying Justin Herbert. I'm just saying. Your guy. You might, dude, you might as well just become a Chargers fan. Like, why would you not? All, look, awesome uniforms. So, cool gear. I love everything about the Chargers,
1: except for I know that they're just going to break my heart of well, course they are, but year. that's
0: kind of what we love about sports, right? Is rooting for somebody for sure. that's just going to rip your heart out of your chest over yeah. and over and
1: over. Which the Texans won't do at any point, any, for a long time, because I will never expect them to win a game yeah. for the next 10 years. Chargers are up there, man. I, I just just I, do it. I think just, just I, okay. I got to Look, I said I was going to be a Cardinals fan. I think I just need to buy the year out and just see okay. who who just naturally draws me in. I think that's, I think that's just the only way I can do it. I gotta, it's gotta be natural. Okay. Like an organic thing. Chargers are up there though. Cause I do love Justin Herbert. I like their team. Like there's nobody on the team that I don't like. Meh, Yeah. Maybe Joey Bosa. I don't know, but they're fun. They're yeah. good. That entire, I mean, who would have thought that through three weeks that the chiefs would be alone in last place. I saw a stat the other day. They haven't been in last place alone since like 2015. That's insane.
0: 2016. I mean, hell
1: they hadn't lost a game in September in three years. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe this is, is what they need to kind of dial it in and, and get right. But they, they just look like they're a bored football team.
1: They, they look, they have not been good in their last four games. Yeah. Going like, back to the Super Bowl last year, they just... Even Chris a,
0: Jones just kind of like... Yeah. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. And it's just, yeah. I don't know, he just doesn't look like... it. I don't know. I, th- I feel like collectively, that's just a team that's not very motivated right now. And look, they've had so much success... And they know what a grind the entire season is. Like, I get it to a degree. You think, like, hey, you know, we'll, this is a long season. Like, we'll get there. But...
1: Yeah, seven teams make the playoffs out of each conference. Like, yeah. they'll get in. But, I mean, I, I'm very, actually, legitimately curious, like, what the mindset of those Chiefs defenders are when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Yeah. When that offense is so explosive... And it's, just can, it's the difference in support. operating
0: with and without a safety net, right? I mean, we've talked about right. this forever, like, with OU. Like, when you know your offense is going to put 50 on the board subconsciously no matter how good you are having having that safety net is not going to I mean you're in some way you're not going to be as sharp and dialed in as you would be if like you think your offense is not going to give you any points right Right.
1: I mean how quickly
0: human many
1: times over multiple situations has have the Chiefs offense just like erased a 14 point deficit in three minutes exactly two plays three plays they'll erase a 14 point deficit so yeah as a defense, like, it's just not a big deal if you give up a touchdown because you know Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Killers just going to go score a touchdown in 90 seconds. Yeah. And then when you start turning the ball over, it completely changes the whole, the whole conversation.
0: How about Aaron Rodgers to close out Sunday Night Football?
1: That throw that he made to Devontae Adams on that first play, of that final drive, was one of the best passes I've seen in a long time.
0: Absolutely. And, and at the same time, like, the fact that the 49ers allowed that window... It's mind blowing to me, but like the the pass that he made is, I mean, that's as good as any throw I've seen.
1: And yeah. Like the velocity that he had on it and like just like the perfect amount of elevation to get it over the defenders in the middle of the field. I mean, unreal. He So he was talking, so he goes on Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday, does like a 30 yeah, minute awesome. long interview. He, I mean, he's, I think, I don't know if Pat said it or Aaron said it, but I think they maybe both kind of said it, but. Anybody that thinks that he doesn't care, watch the last two minutes of that game. That dude is—I don't know if he's fully invested in the Packers and all that stuff, but he's fully invested in winning, winning games with his teammates. Because I mean, after that, after he spiked that ball, like he knew immediately, like fist pumping, like "Oh, it's game over." Mason Crosby was to take this fifty-yard, and we're gonna win this game. Yeah. And to the point, like the forty, like the 40 ers did snap the ball at twelve seconds to go. But like Aaron Rodgers said in that that interview, like I mean, what are you gonna do with check? just bust open a you know a few tackles on a little like dump off, like? I mean, you're not expecting your fullback to make some awesome plays for a touchdown right, right there. Right. But yes, they could have. Green Bay had no timeouts. There was no reason that San Francisco wouldn't just run that clock down. And they yeah, were trying, and, well, to, obviously.
0: Look, you have a good defense. Like, at some point, the defense also has to make a play, right? For no sure. timeouts, 27 seconds left. Like, come they on. They didn't go out of bounds on either play. I know, right? Like, how. Oh, yeah. If I, like. And Roger's is so good, though. Uh, Pop is a 49ers fan. Jeremy Poplin, he was irate about the defense. Like, how do you allow that Devonte? Like, how does Devonte Adams even have the a window to catch a football in that position?
1: I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, but also yeah. that window that Aaron Rodgers put that ball in. I mean,
0: well, how right, many but the, I think the ever, point is in that situation, that window sure shouldn't even allowing, be there.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I think that's more of a circumstance of you like the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and one are you arguably he's not my I've said Tyreek Hill obviously, but like. Arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You just got, they just outplayed you in that play, that play.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's sometimes, you know, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do?
0: Well, Justin hey, Tucker, 66-yard walk-off. I mean, that's—I
1: I don't know if it's—it's it's definitely impressive that he did it indoors. It helps, but, like, no wind aid. Like, he's not in Denver or Mexico City or, yeah. or wherever in the elevation, Arizona. Like, just straight up just muscled that thing. All him, it's all him.
0: And to win the game. It's not like this was just, right. like, second quarter, hey, we're going to try to, like, to win the game, walk off. Yeah,
1: it's not Cliff Kingsbury running out a 68-yard field goal attempt to in the half. Right. That, and that then getting a that kick six. But, I mean, he's the greatest kicker of all time. I, I don't think anybody's arguing
0: that. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, like, other than having that, like, Super Bowl game-winning kick moment, like Adam Vinatieri has, I but mean... It's not his
1: fault. I mean, right, it's not
0: his... But, like, if I had one kick... And I had any kicker in, in the prime of their career in the history of the NFL. Like, nobody's not picking Justin Tucker to make that kick, right? Like,
1: 90% of his kicks over his
0: career. Yeah, for a you long know, least, time. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. The,
1: the, fun fact, the last time the Texas and Texas a played, he kicked a game-winning field goal.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about but that.
1: He's just been kicking game winners his whole life. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Aaron. Yesterday, They're... the headline across the country was, are they for real? Are the Dallas Cowboys for real? I mean, we
1: talked about it before the season, right? Like, this, they should roll through this division. They should, if, yes. if Dallas stays healthy, they should roll through this division. Like, the Eagles look good against uh, the Falcons in week one, but they've looked pretty piss poor the Falcons last two stink. games. Yeah. Washington's defense is, I don't know what happened to them, but they're not, they're terrible. Whatever they had last year, they it's not carrying over right now, and then obviously the Giants are the Giants. So, as long as Dak stays healthy, who, by the way, I mean, Dak's played, he's a bit top-five quarterback right now, like, and I, and I love that they're not asking him every game to throw it 50 times yeah. for 400 yards. Like, the last two weeks, he's been super efficient. And they're just, like, they're game planning for their opponent. Like, Brandon Graham was out for Philadelphia. Obviously, Fletcher Cox is still really good. But, I mean, they ran the ball a lot. And they're just, they realized that Dak doesn't need to throw it 50 times to win a game right now. Their offensive line's playing good. And Tony Pollard and Zeke are running the ball really well. So, yeah, I'd say they're, I'd say they're for real. I mean, and freaking Michael Parsons is playing him off the edge. I mean, the dude's just so fast yeah. that he's just such a, a nuisance every single play. Even if he's not getting a bunch of sacks or tackles for loss necessarily, he's, he's just such a nuisance every single snap.
0: Yeah, they've, uh, like you said, the, my biggest frustration with them in, in recent years has been they have all of this offensive talent, but they go into a game every week with a game plan, and no matter what the defense does, they are not going to change it up. And I, the biggest compliment I think I can give the football team this year is is to Kellen Moore because he goes into every game and they can beat you in a number of ways, but they're taking what the defense is giving them. If the defense is going to play two high safeties, they're going to run the football down your throat. If you're going to load the box, they're going to throw the football everywhere. Like, you have playmakers all over the field. Take advantage of your mismatches. And it's, it's just mind-blowing to me how many times in football you have these stubborn coaching staffs that just say, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do. And if the defense doesn't give you that look, they just refuse to adjust. Like, if, they're, if somebody's going to take away the run, then throw the ball. If somebody's going to take away yeah. the pass, then run the ball. And the Cowboys have playmakers to do either. So, why would you not go into every game and take exactly what the defense gives you? And they've done that for three weeks in a row.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the Dan Quinn hire was a great hire, too. Yeah. I mean, he's. Well, their personnel,
0: but, night and day better than it was a year ago. Sure. Dan Quinn, I mean, yeah. night and day better than, yeah, than Nolan. Uh, and then, like, I think one of the underrated storylines of that defense, you mentioned Micah Parsons. I mean, he's the the star, but the safety position, Diggs. like, wow. well, and Trayvon Diggs as well, but the safety yeah. position with Malik Hooker and Jaron curse and Kazee, like all of those guys are our first year Dallas Cowboys. And the safety position has been 1 million times better through three games than it has been at any point for the last like 10 years. Yeah. Like, those guys are right. playing really good football. Trayvon Diggs, like you said, I mean, he's becoming one of those like travel with the other team's best receiver type of corners. Good job, Trey. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, he's he's been a, a nice addition. I mean, we Osa Odigizua has played well to this point. Micah Parsons. How's Keon uh, O'Neal been? Uh, he was hurt. I think he was either hurt or COVID. I can't remember uh, last week, but um, he he looked. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I think it was week one against Tampa. He made some plays, but. Yeah, like, the defense as a whole, just, and and look, they're also, I mean, they were without Randy Gregory uh, two weeks ago. They've been without Demarcus Lawrence. Like, the other thing I have to give them a lot of credit for, because this hasn't been the case, they've faced a lot of adversity early in this season, losing some pretty pivotal players, and it's not caused them to implode, which is their M.O. Like, as a Dallas Cowboy fan who watches them every week, any time, like, a Demarcus Lawrence ends up going down, like, they completely implode, and they've survived losing Lyle Collins, To Marcus Lawrence, a handful of other people have been out. Shout out to Lyle Collins, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I want to give him a shout out. I appreciate the effort, but, dude, like, if you're going to bribe somebody, that's one of those things you can't miss on, right? Right. Like, (laughs) just make sure you come out with a good number. If you're going to bribe somebody, you can't miss. You have to know what number is going to get it done. Like, come on, bro. What
1: are you doing? I'll give you you $50 and just throw that P test away. (laughs)
0: It's like, oh, man. No. Yeah. You, I mean, you okay, got to do course. like, I'll give you like 500K and Cowboy season tickets. or I mean, something. Right.
1: Good Lord. I mean, that, I mean that's potentially like that guy's losing his job. It's got to be a number like hefty enough yeah. that the, the drug testing guy is willing to lose his job yeah.
0: for. I, I feel like Lyle Collins probably like, you know, did the handshake and handed him a hundo and it's like, we're good, right? Good. yeah." <laughs> God.
1: Like, oh. I wonder if he just like I wonder too. I wonder how the conversation went. Like, did he ask the guy to take the test for him?
0: I I would love to know the details yeah. on it. I want to know what he offered. Like I like. Let's find out how embarrassing this offer was.
1: Hey bro, I'll give you I'll give you fifty nine ninety nine, if we just forget I'll, this ever happened. I'll happen.
0: pick up lunch later today.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you want Chipotle? You like Chipotle? <laughs> I got you. I got you. You want you get a drink too? You yeah. got a burrito and a drink. You. you can supersize it. You can
0: supersize it today. That's all me. One well, while. Me. You're gonna no. do it, man. You gotta hit. You gotta. You gotta know what's gonna get it done.
1: He hasn't played a snap. He hasn't played in any of the games, right? He, he played did, in week one. He did play week one. Yeah. Zach Martin was out week one.
0: Yeah, Zach Martin. Yeah. So I mean, they've not had they not had the offensive line together yet this season.
1: They've, and they look good the last two games yeah. without him. So yeah.
0: Steele's played well. So uh, the good thing is they've also not faced a defense like Tampa since sure. week one. So I, you know, Carolina. Carolina's, int- you know, Brian Burns is, a, a, I think, a really good edge rusher. Really so good. we'll see if they line Brian Burns on that side at all. But, um, yeah, I, I I like that matchup, too. I think that's going to be a fun game. But I, I, Dallas, uh, arguably, uh, Brown, is, is as entertaining as any too, yeah. team in the league right now. Carolina? I, I said Dallas is as entertaining oh, as any team out. in the league yeah. right now, and Carolina's fun to watch also.
1: Yeah. Um, it, well, if McCaffrey's out, that kind of lessens things. But- yeah. Chuba looked good in those few carries, like eleven carries he got against Houston. So maybe he could be like sixty five percent of what McCaffrey yeah. can offer them. But
0: he struggled early in that game, but by the fourth quarter, he kind of I think started to going. find a rhythm.
1: Houston sucks, so yeah, let's take that with a huge grain of yeah. salt.
0: Yeah, Ugh. they're painful. Yeah, but Douglas Mills is a future Hall of Famer because he's following Tyrod Taylor. So hey, man, his
1: Toronto. uh, he's got a he's got a he's got a neck up on the competition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, anything else on your mind? Mm. No,
1: not really. Uh, starting to we're getting into the best part of the sports season though. We talked about it last week a little bit. We talked about it every year, but yeah, baseball playoffs are about to start. With, like a week next away,
0: week,
1: a week yeah. away. NFL and college, they're rolling like. I'm, I'm. We got. We're getting good matchups now. Like just randomly, like with Chargers and Raiders on Monday night. Like that's a game like a month ago. Everybody's like, eh. Now though it's, that it looks like a fun game. Your boy I mean, Herbert, yeah. Herbert, uh, Brady like,
0: Belichick this week too.
1: Yeah, the primetime games are good. I'm actually excited for Thursday night football this week. I'm excited to see Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence play against each other in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I like that matchup. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm geeked out for the next like. My dogs are going nuts, so but yeah, I'm geeked out for sports right now. I'm really excited for baseball playoffs to start. Uh, I'm not really. I don't really care about the NBA starting right now, but between baseball playoffs. American football, and then uh, the occasional soccer game during the week. Nice. And the lull on like, Wednesday and Thursday. I'm I'm pretty stoked right yeah. now for
0: sports. Arkansas-Georgia this weekend. Uh, alabama will Miss this weekend. Yeah. The, the, like you said, the NFL matchups. Um, like last weekend, I did college football all day Saturday. I did UFC 266 Saturday night. Uh, Russian Grand Prix Sunday morning. And then NFL all day Sunday, like it was a it was a two day stretch where it literally was in front of the television every waking moment.
1: It's it's almost like I love it, but at the same time, I like there's times where I'm like, damn, I I need to be getting some shit done. Yeah. But then I'm like, There's too much stuff going on. There's too many sports to watch right now.
0: That's what happens on Tuesdays and Wednesdays right now. And get like for done, this yeah. this short period of time, like the, the next like month, month and a half or so, like Tuesday Wednesday is when I get everything done. And if I miss something in those two days, like it's just, it just way, has to wait a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it's too much. Yeah, I need to mow. I've been putting up mowing all weekend. But yeah, like you said, I think today's, I think today's the mowing day. My
0: stuff's been dead for like a month now. So well, I probably my, need to my, just mow the leaves maybe. But
1: Right, yeah, my stuff's starting to die too. But uh, yeah, my dogs uh, my dogs got sick and uh, had diarrhea and like had oh. diarrhea all in their hair.
0: Oh. And it was just,
1: yeah. So like I missed a lot of the Monday night game because we were watch- doing that, like having to clean, give them baths and like clean the house. It was, dude, it was awful. So they just
0: pooped and then rolled around in it?
1: No, they just have like long hair. So they pooped and it just got caught in their hair while they were pooping.
0: Oh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it okay. was a whole
1: thing. So now I'm like, I got to go mow the backyard, but I know there's just huge piles of freaking diarrhea all back there. Gross.
0: Gross. Yeah.
1: So I just want you to keep that in mind while you go throughout your day and just know that I'm in the backyard, like trying to clean mowing, up diarrhea out of my grass. Mowing poo grass.
0: Well, this is a good time to bring up uh, Jalen Hurts' comment after Monday Night Football. So everybody can
1: just you know, appreciate their day a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Jalen Hurts' uh, comment after Monday Night Football. Uh, you take a deuce, you don't sit there and look at it, you flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. You said that? Yeah. That was his
1: That might be comment, the so. most personality like, that I've ever heard come out of his mouth yep. as far as like, words in a sentence.
0: Yep, I am. Uh, I'm starting a new poll every Monday. It's going to be the the hurts Poo poll, like who needs to flush it after the weekend.
1: Uh, I mean, put a in that
0: category from last weekend.
1: You know, you get a you get a you get a poop pole that hurts. It's yeah, it's not been a good weekend. Poo. Maybe it has. I don't know. Did Depends you say
0: poo poll or poo hole that hurts?
1: Is there a difference? <laughs>
0: This segment brought to you by Preparation H. There you go. Yeah. Could be a good weekend. Could be a bad weekend. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, by the way, um, just, just for your information, if you get hungry this weekend, queso covered pizza rolls.
1: Well, I would love that if I could have it. I guess I could make it. I could have that actually.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't know, man. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's good though. It was kinda heavy. It was kinda heavy, I'll admit. But
1: yeah. I was about to say that's a that's a this I'm gonna eat a plate of this and then be miserable for about yeah thirty six hours. We had
0: we had multiple snack foods and I didn't have enough room to do pizza rolls and nachos. So I was like sitting there debating like how I was gonna do this, and then I just thought, Well, instead of putting chips and nachos on the plate, why don't I just do the pizza rolls and put the queso over the pizza rolls? Save plate space. So I gave it a shot. It was pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm not going to say it's not a bad idea, but I'm, you know, <laughs> fair enough.
1: That's a enter with caution snack.
0: Yeah. Well, look, it tastes good. The aftermath of it is not necessarily what ideal, like, but yeah,
1: in, in the, the moment, recovery it's, time. It's
0: a nice treat. <laughs> I can make that. There's we can rules. rolls. figure you go. There you go. All right, my friend. Have a good day. We'll catch up next week. All
1: right. to right, See. You.